A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. As you listen to this episode of the podcast, I am traveling. I'm on a book tour. My new book, How Do I Unremember This, is out March 8th. If you want to come and see me, there are still tickets available for New York and Naperville, Illinois. I'm also going to be at the South by Southwest Festival. So come check me out. We're going to have a gay old time. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Let's go, girls. Uh, in the meantime, though, I do have a very special episode of this podcast for you. I wasn't going to leave you completely hanging, although I will leave you hanging next week because I will be traveling. So there will be no new episodes of Everything Iconic next week. But I am appearing on a bunch of other shows. So I'm going to be on uh, Celebrity Book Club. I'm going to be on a Bitch Sesh. I'm going to be on Keep It. So stay tuned for all of those and some others, Homophilia podcast, so you can tune into those. And uh, I'm very excited, though, because in lieu of a Bravo recap today, I do have a special sneak preview of my audiobook. Now, I recorded the audiobook right before the holiday season. It was much more difficult than I was thinking it was going to be because I was reading it. And also, you have a director in your ear. I went to a professional recording studio, which was so exciting. And there's a director telling you, correcting you, all that kind of good stuff. And so, I put my author voice on. So, I do feel like I sound a little bit different, I think, than I do on the podcast because I have like an author voice. But it was fun because I got to... Just have a good time in the recording booth, and I hope you guys enjoy the stories in the book. And I know some people like the hardcover, some people like the audiobook, but you can get the audiobook March 8th on Audible or wherever you get your audiobooks. Check in with your local library, see if they got it. You know, they're carrying the book, all sorts of places. I personally like the hardcover book. I'm a hardcover guy. I don't know if that's popular to say. I know I'm here to promote the audiobook on this podcast, but I like holding the book. I like in my hardcover book, there's some drawings that Matt did, so you get those, and there are, I think, two pictures that appear throughout the hardcover book that you don't get on the audiobook. However, there are a couple things I suppose you get on the audiobook that you don't get in the hardcover book. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I guess I don't pick them all up. I don't want you to spend all your money. But go to the library, pick them all up, see which one you like the best. And I want to thank you all for the support. But I'm going to play just the introduction of the audiobook. So it's like a little sneak preview. You guys can hear the kind of vocals that I'm doing on the audiobook and see if you like it. If you do, pick up the audiobook. If you don't, then just move on. By the way, I think I'm underselling the audiobook a little bit because they sent it to me early. And it really does make me laugh. Like, it's so silly. And what you'll all hear is the dedication page that leads into the introduction of the book. And the fact that they let me say all this on an audiobook or even print it in the hardcover book, like, it just cracks me up. Like, I can't even believe that they allowed me to go through with this. And so I thank Sourcebooks, who printed the, is my publisher for the hardcover, and Penguin Random House, who is my publisher for the audiobook. I'm just so grateful that they let me do this is so silly. And it really, I just hope you guys laugh as much as it makes me laugh. So please enjoy. And then after I play that little sneak preview of the audiobook, I'm going to play an interview that I did in 2020 with Alexia from The Real Housewives of Miami. I talked to Alexia before the reboot was announced, before it was happening. 
And uh, I do believe it helped actually to get the reboot going. I, I have heard that it did help. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy that chat. I thought it would be fun because a lot of people just, I don't know if they didn't know that I did the interview or if it happened before they were familiar with Alexia because a lot of people just started watching Miami when the reboot came along for the Peacock streaming network. Uh, so I thought, you know, we'll replay it here. You can listen again. I want to remind you it was done in November, I think November of 2020. It was done back in 2020. So uh, just keep that in mind as you're listening. I didn't edit it or anything. It's just how it aired in 2020. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and if you aren't watching The Real Houses of Miami on Peacock, it's fantastic. The reunion starts right now, this week. It's on a uh, two-part reunion. So I thought it was just fantastic. It's very much like a throwback Housewives to me. It feels just kind of like those early seasons where the drama's sort of petty, but then there are great personal stories. The women are fantastic characters, and there's a beautiful scenery in Miami. It's warm and sunny, and I just love it. And it's also produced by the Married to Medicine producers. And you know, I always say Married to Medicine is the most consistent show on Bravo. Never a bad season. So check out Miami. I think it was a fantastic reboot season, and I'm so excited for more. I'm assuming they're coming back. I mean, I don't think it's been officially announced, but I think it's widely acknowledged that the reboot has been super successful. So I love you all so much, and I will be back after next week with new episodes of Everything Iconic. But for now, please enjoy this sneak preview of the audiobook of How Do I Unremember This? Out Tuesday, March 8th. And then my interview with Alexia from The Real Houses of Miami, which originally aired in 2020. I love you all so much. Bye-bye. Everyone has a story. Kathy Lee Gifford. Introduction. Hello! Oh, wait a minute. That sounded way too much like Mrs. Doubtfire. Let me take that back. Hi. Thank you so much for giving How Do I Unremember This a listen. Recently, I had some old family movies transferred to digital copies. When I showed them to my parents, my mother asked me five times if I had someone CGI the couches in the videos featuring our first house because she doesn't remember owning them. Transferring vintage VHS tapes to a digital file is already expensive enough, so I'm not sure why she thinks I have the budget to hire Lucasfilm to update the sofas we owned in 1996, but the point is that everyone remembers the past a little bit differently. In this audiobook, I'll tell you some of the stories that shape me the way I recall them, and hopefully you'll find a laugh or two. I purposely changed some of the names, locations, and other details so no one gets too mad at me because as a certified Libra, people being mad at me is at the top of the list of things I hate the most. Alongside rats, unprovoked caricature artists, and that claymation holiday special where Rudolph's nose sounds like a combination of a Furby with weak batteries and Fran Drescher stubbing her toe. I've kept journals off and on throughout my life, so I've written about a lot of these things before, but just for my own eyes. I still have most of them, but there was one time I left one of my notebooks on a Chicago train. So somewhere, a Midwest vagabond is reading about the lingering trauma of the accidental erection I got in the fifth grade when my teacher let us watch Ed, the Matt LeBlanc movie where he plays baseball with a monkey. The first time I wrote in a diary was when I was a preteen, but I got consistent around 21. That's when my mental health struggles ramped up, I started inching out of the closet, and I began chasing my Hollywood dreams of becoming a writer-performer. I look back on that first adult journal and recognize now that it was truly an unhinged piece of work. 
On one page, you can see tear-soaked ink and a detailed essay about coming out to my parents. And the next page is filled with movie ideas, half-jokes, and comedy routines that I was trying to work out as a young comedian. Many of those bits don't make any sense, just disparate nouns posing as ideas. I pulled out that diary to prep for this book, and there's an entire page that just says Foghorn Leghorn is a less dramatic Tennessee Williams. And another where I simply wrote, Nikki Blonsky as Catwoman. I wasn't even on drugs, I do declare, but I had just seen Hairspray. I have always been a mix of silliness and drama, with pop culture holding me together, and that love of entertainment runs deep. I've never had a second glass of wine that didn't end with me on Alice and Janney's IMDb page. My mother is a similar blend, although not as deep of a movie TV lover, but she did teach me all about the divas, the queens, icons, and legends of music. Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Cher, Tony Braxton, and Gloria Estefan were all in heavy rotation throughout my childhood. Mama also has the best sense of humor and an infectious laugh that is my favorite thing of all time. There is nothing better than when she has the church giggles, laughing at all the ridiculousness around her. Otherwise, she's all heart with some drama mixed in. I like to think I'm more emotionally stable than she is, but that time I listened to Shania Twain's It Only Hurts When I'm Breathing on repeat six months after a breakup would beg to differ. My dad is a different concoction. He's a hard shell with a soft center, a short temper that often masks his other sides. He, too, has a great sense of humor, but he prefers laughing at pratfalls and fart jokes rather than observing the absurdity around him. There's a scene in Dumb and Dumber where the Jeff Daniels character is taking a very foul bathroom break on a date, and my dad still watches it with an uncontrollable, guttural chuckle and tears in his eyes, regardless of how many times he's seen it. Fart jokes may be the lowest common denominator of comedy, but maybe we should all accept the laughs wherever we can get them. All that's to say, welcome! Throughout this audiobook, you'll get to know my parents and some of the other people closest to me, like my brothers, friends, and grandma, who have shaped me along the way. I hope you'll get to know me better, too, but most importantly, I hope some of these stories will remind you of your own life and some of the funny memories you've made along the way. A few years back, I started a podcast called Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, where I recap reality TV and pop culture and interview celebrities about their work. Early on, I started sprinkling in these life stories. I'd be talking about the real housewives, and then I'd say, let's take a little detour, as I segued into a tale about my childhood. Pretty soon, those anecdotes became the things most people asked me about on social media or when I'd see them out and about. I started to contemplate that word, detour, and everything it entails. The idea of thinking we're on one path and then suddenly being forced to take another is such a heavy, relatable concept. No matter how old you are or what your profession is, I think we all have moments in our lives when we look around and realize things look different than what we had planned. There's an old Leanne Womack song called I Hope You Dance, which is mid-tempo and not quite a romantic ballad suitable for slow dancing, but also not really a party anthem that you would hear at a club. It's almost impossible to dance to, yet I believe the message of the song is you should try to do it anyway. Attempt the impossible. Those new roads might not be easy or kind, but they're part of the life ride. So, without further ado, it's time to embrace the silly and the sad and take a few detours. 
And always remember, I hope you dance. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Hi, Alexia. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you. How are you? It's so nice to meet you. You look beautiful. First of all. Oh, thank you. Just for you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I look like a housewife, right? With my boobs out and my hair and makeup. <laughs> you look amazing. You look amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. And speaking of, how about we just jump right in? First of all, how are you doing? Are you still in Miami? Where are you at right now? I am. I've been in Miami all this time. And um, I live in Sunny Isles now, which is a little bit more north. And um, and I'm here in my house today. Oh, great. In an apartment. I actually live in an apartment building. So, Alexia, there's been all of these rumors. And Andy Cohen was on my show last week. And he had said that uh, they had been trying to get a Miami reboot going for <laughs> Peacock. Have you heard any of this happening sort of behind the scenes? Uh, well, not really. We've always been super hopeful because I, I feel like we deserve another season. And we're so excited if we would have another season. So um, I was very happy that you asked the million dollar question that everyone's been asking for the last seven years. When are you ladies coming back? And if there's a possibility of the show coming back. So I was really um, happy that I think it's been the only time where Andy has actually opened up 
and talked about Miami and talked about a possible season four. So yes, we're all super excited. And do you feel from the fans of the show how much we want another season? Like, are you, do you, are you able to get a sense of that, whether it be on social media or, or in your sort of everyday life? Yes, absolutely. Like I said, the last time we were on TV was 2013. So it's been seven years. So you would think that after seven years, we kind of would be relative or like that nobody would really um, would care at this point. But no, for the last seven years, we've gotten that. Like I still get like, can I take a picture with you? Fans coming up to me and saying, you know, we loved watching you. Your story was so inspiring. How's Peter? How's Frankie? What are you doing? It's like, I feel like the fans always stayed with with that, you know, that they want to see us and they want to know more about us. They want to know what we've been up to for the last seven years. Right. One of the things I loved about Miami was it offered a different flavor than we get with some of the other franchises. I think um, it was a refreshing change of pace from uh, something like Beverly Hills or New Jersey. Like it's, it's your own, its own unique world. And I feel like uh, I, I myself, and I know a lot of other fans are like craving it. Um, to come back. Yeah, well, so. I mean, I think Miami is such a great city. It's such a popular city, so international. It's like everybody wants to know about Miami. We have such beautiful weather. We have the most gorgeous people and people from all over the place. So um, I definitely thought we added a lot of flavor, like you said, and um, sabor, like we call it, and um, and even diversity. I mean, I know right. I, the diversity in the different branches today is like a big deal, but if you really think about Miami, Season one, I think Miami was really the first franchise where you saw that. There was three Cuban-Americans on the show, Christy, myself, and Marisol. Then we had Larsa, which was Lebanese-American, and Leah, which is American. So I think that's the first time where you really started seeing that in a franchise, and I was so excited about that. And, um, you know, even like our accents, even like me, like I feel like I have kind of like the Miami accent. So that was a little different. And then in season two, we continued with the diversity we had Karen, which was Colombian, and she had her supposedly Mexican boyfriend. <laughs> supposedly, and, um, you said. Yeah, like her fake boyfriend, but yeah. So, <laughs> but he counted, right? He was Mexican. And then we had Joanna, which was Polish, um, you know, Polish-American. And then we have Adriana. Sorry, Adriana, I forgot you. So we had Adriana, the Brazilian, in season one and two and three. So I feel like Miami was really the first franchise that where you started seeing the diversity and um, like the re- representation of Miami, because Miami really is like a melting pot. There's all nationalities. And I feel if we would have a season four, we would even can mix it up a little bit more and bring in other nationalities. Right. I also think it would be, Andy had mentioned it for Peacock, which is the new streaming service. And I think it'd be perfect. And my sort of dream of dreams is that like you guys film a whole season and then they release it all at once on Peacock. So fans, we can binge it like all in one season because that's never happened on a Housewives before. Oh, really? Well, I mean, we would be then the first ones to do right. the comeback and to actually have that. To have so, that, yeah, that and, would be super excited, and to put out all the episodes at one time for a whole season, so we can binge it, just like you know we watch shows on Netflix and stuff like that. I think would be so fun. So you you would come back if they asked. Then I, I was I was oh a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that I definitely would come back because I always stayed with like you know I always wanted to come back to show the fans, you know, and to show America and everybody else that's watching. That, you know, that there is hope, you know, my story from season two, you know, has changed so much. So I feel like I would like them to see, you know, Frankie today and Peter today and where I'm at today. And, you know, like I said, when I was doing season two, unfortunately, you know, my life changed with the horrific accident that my son was involved in. But then 
you know, it's been seven years. So I would like, you know, everyone that's going through something like that to see that there is hope, you know, the progress that he's made, all the challenges. That's what I really miss about doing the show is, you know, the fact that, you know, the viewers lost so much, you know, they just, you know, saw me, you know, going through everything that I went through in my life. And by the way, there's a lot more than that to that, that Bravo missed because obviously it's been seven years and, you know, 2013 was the last time we were on TV. So since then, many things have happened and I've always kind of like kept it to myself. I'm not so big on social media. You know, I share certain things, but it was kind of always like with the hope and illusion that we would have another season and that I would get to share that, you know, on TV, on the camera. So you mentioned uh, your son, he was in a horrible accident and happened. Did it happen? I think before second season or, or around that time, Um, It happened around that time. It happened in August of 2011. So we had done our first season. I like and couldn't go back to touch upon first season. So first season, you know, we cast for the show and it's five of us who are kind of like thrown in there with like no past history. So we kind of like knew each other, like I knew Marisol, you know, socially. I knew Lee, I knew Christy. We kind of all kind of knew of each other. I didn't know Adriana. But um, we were kind of like just all thrown in there and not really knowing like what to do or like, you know, what this should have been. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, there were other housewife shows, but we were all kind of scared. You know, we were we were new at this. We didn't know each other. And we were I mean, I could speak for myself. I was married to a man that didn't want me to be part of the show. And, um, you know, he was very against me being on the show. So I was kind of like muzzled, you know, so I couldn't be myself. Like, if you really know me, I'm like a super upbeat, open, fun, happy person. And um, I was kind of like scared. Like every time before I would film, I would get into a fight with him. He would tell me, oh, you're not wearing that. You can't say this. You can't say that. So I kind of respected that. And I've always cared very much about my personal and family life. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to just like sit here and like really not participate so much like with the other ladies. And I feel a lot of us felt that same way of season one. If you see the show season one. Leah was married or is still married to a very powerful, you know, attorney. So she's like, she didn't want to make Roy look bad, you know, like your crazy wife on TV. So it was kind of like, we were all kind of like not pretending because, you know, we have, I think everybody has two or three sides to themselves, but we were kind of just like doing our thing and not really delivering like who we really were, you know? So that was like season one. And then season two, you brought in all these girls, of course, when there's a lot of women, there's a lot of drama and that's exactly what you saw. And season two was so good too, by the way. It was yeah. great. Yeah. It was great. And then again, you know, there obviously all these women that, that cast for these shows and are part of these shows want to be on TV and they're willing to put it out there and they want their moment and the whole thing. My situation changed. I feel like I've always had like the backstory, you know, the personal story, even with or without camera. I always have something going on in my life. And I like this life. You can come any month of the year, I promise you, whether we're filming or not. And I have like a true story. But, um, but then again, you never really saw me like kind of relating with the other women because at that point in my life, I couldn't like in season two, like I didn't have no time to meet with the girls and talk stupidity and fight over stupid issues when I was going through a trauma in my life. So that's why you didn't see that with me. You saw that drama with the rest of the ladies because I didn't really participate. As a matter of fact, I decided to step down. I think I was the first housewife in all the franchises that stepped down because of my circumstances and, and was allowed and, to come back for season three full time. Right. And I was going to say at that time in season two, I think a lot of fans of the show, we were curious uh, about what was happening with you. And I think we were all relating to your story in some way. And, and it was, it was fun. And I shouldn't say fun. That's the wrong term, but it was, it was 
very compelling to watch your journey then in season three um, with your son. And, and I think we, uh, I think we're all curious what's going on with your son, with both of your sons. How are they doing now? Right. So Frankie, I mean, both of my sons are a work in progress. They're still a work in progress. And um, so Frankie lives with me and um, he graduated from high school with a special diploma. And um, I have a beauty bar now, which is like a, a nail bar and, um, and eyelashes and all that fun stuff that all the ladies like. And he is, the name is Alexia and Frankie's. I named it after him because he loves the girls and um, he, he works with me there. So he greets the customers, you know, he does like different things with me. Um, you know, he did have some kind, you know, permanent damage as far as his memory goes. So um, he still has challenges with his communication, but you know, he's alive. He's super happy. You know, he's always been throughout this journey. He's always been, you know, very upbeat, very grateful. You know, I think when you go through something like this as an individual, you look at life differently. And even though he can't express it, he lives it. He wakes up happy. He's always, you know, thanking God for everything. And, um, so I'm very, very fortunate to have him. He's like my angel. Like I just look at him and it's like, it's really no, it's every reason to be happy. And there's so many moms that have gone through similar situation, not exact, exactly the same, but mothers who particularly now in the pandemic who are, are struggling with, um, health issues with their children and, and, and vice versa, children with their parents. And what would you say, what advice could you give people who are going through a hard time, uh, who feel like maybe there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And you know what? It's, you just have to have faith. You know, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel as you're going through it. I think the only thing that helped me was having faith and being religious and just, you know, praying and not giving up and love. Honestly, I really believe even the doctor's, would tell me when I brought him back to meet his doctors who were so helpful and who saved his life, they would actually tell him, I didn't save your life. Your mom saved your life. The love that you gave him, that that's what he fought for. He fought for that. So I could just tell those moms not to give up, to keep on loving. Like love to me is, if you know me, I think it's everything, you know, love really fixes everything. It's just, it's like a motor in me that keeps me going, the love. So I feel like, you know, the moms should, should never give up. I know it's very difficult, especially we've been going through this year, even for me, psychologically, it's like, it's, it's a downer, like, you know, cause it, it's not only what you're going through, you know, it's the entire world. Cause like, for example, when I was going through my journey with Frankie, I felt like I was the only one that was going through it. My world stopped, but the world continued. So even now it made me think of that. Now that you mentioned this throughout this time, I was like, can you imagine that this was me? Like I was in a hospital for two months where my world stopped, didn't watch TV, didn't pick up a magazine, didn't go outside um, the hospital. And I was just in my world with my son trying to recover him. And so now I feel like for me, this has been very tough but it hasn't been as tough. I mean, there's people that go through this every day. I mean, it's terrible that we're going through this, but all these people dying, you know, from COVID, but there's also families struggling with their children that were involved in an accident or did have a terminal disease or did have something terrible. The only difference is that now we're doing it, you know, as together, all together. And, and, you know, the world is all united and, you know, everybody's in this together, but 
if you really think about it, there are families that are going through this moment every single day of their lives. Right. Alexia, I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you, are you in touch with the other women and the other cast members? Where are you at with the other ladies? Yeah. So I'm super good friends with Marisol. Marisol and I are very close. We were always friendly, but um, now we're like sisters. We're very, very close. Um, Lisa, I love. I'm very good friends with, with Lisa. Lisa always knew that she and I would be like, we would have like this loving, genuine relationship. You see, that's the beauty of these shows. Um, I always say that's another great thing that came out of it because I'm, you know, got me very close with Marisol, with Lisa. So, I mean, I feel like when I was going, when I was on the show with these ladies, since I was going through what I was going through, you know, my, my life, my story, I didn't have the opportunity to really film with them and relate to them and all that. So I feel now that Lisa's a mom, you know, when I was going through that, Lisa didn't have kids. Marisol didn't have kids. Leah had one son that was supposedly perfect. And Adriana had a younger son too, that was perfect. So I was like the only woman. I couldn't really talk to none of the girls on the show about what I was going through because they weren't going through it themselves. They weren't moms. Joanna wasn't a mom. So it was like, I feel that now that Lisa is a mom, you know, Joanna is a mom and, you know, there are other moms have children that have grown up and I'm sure have gone through issues and through situations in their lives. They won't be so judgmental, you know? Mm. And, And like I said, I think the hardest part about doing a show like this is when the family is scrutinized or attacked, you know, Mm specifically the children, you know, I'm a grown ass woman and you can tell me whatever you want. And you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to go cry about it. I'm not going to need mental health or anything like that. But you know, children is a different thing. So that's kind of like the scary part about doing these shows sometimes that, you know, you, you don't know, and you're really exposing your children to this. And, um, and to me, that was like the most difficult part. But I think that now because Lisa's become a mom and I think, you know, Adriana's son is older and Leah's, you know, I think that more now they're probably thinking of like Alexia. Okay. Like, okay. Now I can kind of get like what Alexia went through. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And uh, relationship wise, where are you at? You mentioned your uh, ex-husband Herman. Are you with someone? You're with someone new, I, I believe now, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm engaged. Oh, congratulations. Yes, it's going to be a year. It's going to be a year. December 14th, we got engaged in New York in 2019. Thank God. And we were planning a wedding. Um, for this year, you know, right before the, the whole show, the whole shutdown and the COVID and everything. So we put everything on hold. Um, we know we want to get married, you know, at least civilly very, very soon. But, um, I also know that Bravo loves a, a wedding. I know. I was just going to say, gonna let's say, get yeah, it on. Like Bravo loves a wedding, right? But you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say if I'm married, I'm going to make sure everybody knows I'm married, but I didn't have the celebration. So we'll just call it a celebration. Right. Um, because I know that was a big deal in season three when Adriana got married because she lied that she was already married and like the whole thing happened. Don't worry. I'm very like honest and to the point. And so Adriana, just to know. clear that up. So she was already married. Yeah. And she then, was already like married civilly, but for whatever reason, she, she lied about it to Leah and to the others. You know, I didn't really give a shit because whether you're married or not, it's like, it doesn't matter. But she, you know, Leah took it very hard and, um, and she couldn't get over it. You know, and that's what happens in these shows. You have to know how to be able to move on, right. you know, and why is that so important? You have to like own it and say, okay, yeah, I did it. I lied. I didn't lie. I felt like it, whatever. And then just move on. Right. But I felt like our cat, like our ladies, like we, we couldn't get over certain things. Yeah. 
Is there any other misconceptions from the three seasons or things that you would like to kind of let viewers know? Maybe something that was a lie or something you want to clear up or anything um, from those You know, I mean, I just like said that because like I said, I know Bravo loves a wedding, but I'm not going to wait, you know, till right. there's a season right. four to get married. So, but because of the circumstances, I mean, it looks like I won't be able to have the kind of wedding I would have loved to have, which is like, get married by the church. I've never been married by the church. I've been married two times, but they've never been by the church. And um, I feel that that would be important to me. And um, so that's going to be on hold for a while now, but I will probably get married civilly, you know, soon in the next couple of months. And, you know, I will share that. And I don't think that that that's a big deal. So I never really understood again, why that happened. And that became such a big deal in season three because like I said, I didn't have time for that nonsense. Like, I think, you know, I thought it was like so stupid and it's not like I was taking one side or the other. I just thought that it was like immature and stupid and not so much worth to talk about. But, you know, it's, it's part of the show and it's part of like what you guys like to see. So right. fighting. Right. Right. Uh, I have some questions that people wrote in. I thought I'd, um, I, I thought I'd give you, just give me one second. Sure. Uh, Lisa Hutchinson, she wrote into the Everything Iconic Patreon, and she wanted to know what happened to your ex-husband. Um, was there? Did he pass? Forgive me. Which one? Yes. Her, Herman. Yes, he who did. We saw. So, Herman. Okay. Yes. I apologize. Herman, who you saw on the show. Yeah, of course. He unfortunately he passed away. He had a massive heart attack, September twenty sixth of two thousand sixteen. Okay. And at that point, we were physically separated. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is your current fiance? Is, is what is what does he do, or how did you guys meet? He's a, oh oh. We have a great story. We met at Sea Spice, one of my favorite restaurants in Miami. Oh. We kind of met there in 2015. The uh, while I was no 2016, while I was separated, and uh, we just kind of like talked, and we never really um, like flirted or dated or anything like that. But fast forward a couple of months later, I started running into him in different places here in Miami. And then he finally asked me out and, um, and we started dating. And then six months after um, Herman passed, we like officially started dating. And, and since then we've been together. He's uh, a real estate developer. He's, a re- he's in real estate and um, property management. That's what he does. Oh, great. Uh, Lisa Romeo um, said, did Bravo give you any uh, reason why the show was canceled? Um, did they give any sort of insight or they never officially canceled it, right? Wasn't it just never right. picked no, up? No, you know, it's really strange how this whole thing works. And that's like what a lot of the, the viewers, I guess, don't know, or even ourselves. Because we obviously find out when they're bringing us back because we get the phone call. And you kind of have to like, you know, prepare for that. But um, the truth is they never said you're not coming back or it's officially canceled. It's kind of like always been like open-ended and in the air. And, you know, sometimes I think about it and I talk about it like with Lisa and Marisol and we're, and I'm like, you know, what? we kind of like never really did anything about it. Like if it was our job, wouldn't you think that we would kind of like call the network or call Andy or I don't know, do something about it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, is everything OK? Like, why aren't you bringing us back? You know, what can we do? Like we, we kind of like, you know, you know, stood back and right. kind of like make it happen. And guess what? It's been like the first year was like, oh, okay, the second year or third year. But after we're like, Hey, what's up? Like we really want to like do this again. But we, like I said, we never really did anything about it, but then they start playing marathons, like how they have like during this year, during the, the pandemic. 
And uh, we were so excited and we're like, we, we had all this positive feedback and, you know, everybody just kind of like going crazy that they want the show back. So we're like, my God, we would really love to do this. So now that- we're very excited that Andy has some kind of interest, at least it's digital, but it's, it's, you know, it's something. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when my sort of antennas went up in a weird way it was early on in the pandemic when they did the marathon, I, it felt like, um, there was a reason why they were doing marathons of like certain shows that had gone. And I, I, I understood it to be like kind of gauging interests in whether or not people would watch this again. And, and I right. saw so many people, especially that di- there was one specific day where there was a full Miami marathon on and I saw so yes. many people oh tweeting my God. about we were it. All, I know we were so excited. We were actually, you know, had never watched the show in all these years till then because and it was so weird to watch, you know, to hear myself and to see all those moments. And, you know, obviously, you need know, to see Herman that was alive and, and my sons and, you know, and it, it was just like, you know, it was like bittersweet. It was, and, you know, I remember Marisol, Lisa and I being on the phone and, you know, and watching the show together from our homes, but all like participating. And, and like I said, you know, I, we thought the same thing. We're like, you know, there's, people want to see us back and it would be great to come back and for the viewers to see, you know, where we're at today. I mean, I think America like loves a comeback. You know, you always yeah. want to see like, where are they today? But actually like in, in a real season, you know, and, where we can really show. And you all have such a history now at this point, you mentioned when you started, you weren't super close with the women, but now you're, it's been years and years and years that you've been able to develop friendships. So I feel like it'd exactly. be even more explosive, more exciting. Um, how's Marisol doing? I mean, Mama Elsa was such a huge part of the show and we all loved her. How has she, yes. how has she been since, um, since her passing? Well, I was really difficult for Marisol because she also lost her dad right before her mom, which was kind of unexpected. So I think both things happening, you know, and at the same time, pretty much were very, very difficult for her. And, um, you know, like I said, Elsa was such a big part, not only of the show, but of Marisol's life, even of my life, I had gone very close with, with Elsa um, <clears throat> around the time before she passed away. So it really, you know, hit us and hurt us. But when she had the accident already and when, you know, whether it was that she had a stroke or she fell, but when she got sick in season three, it was kind of like we lost her. You know what I mean? It wasn't really the same Elsa. And even though she was alive for all those years, um, it really was an Elsa. So, you know, Marisol lost her a long time ago, but you're never ready, you know, to lose right. your parents. So it's been very difficult for her. I remember, I think it was around season two. There was a, there was a little web series with mama Elsa and she was selling her coffee and I, I ordered the coffee. It was great. And I, I just loved, always loved following oh my her God, story. Yes. Yeah, no, she was great. What she was so unique and so, so funny and just so full of like, of life and funny things that she had to share. Right. Yeah, she's very missed. Do you watch any of the other franchises? Are you? Do you watch any Bravo shows? Or I kind of do when my fiance is at home because yeah. he doesn't. He's yeah. I don't want him to know too much about the show. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, I like Beverly Hills a lot, yeah. and I like Atlanta. Right. But um, last night I was watching Salt Lake City. It's so good. Had, it's so good. Yes, it is good. You know, I always thought that they would do good because it's first of all, Salt Lake City is beautiful. And I love to see all the snow. Of course, since I have the water and the beach and the sun, I love to see the snow and all that on like the, you know, different fashion from, you know, being able to wear the coats and all that. Not that they're so fashionable, but, um, (laughs) but anyways, but I thought it was cool. And I love the idea of like, 
the religion and the Mormon. So I, I knew that if they were making this decision, that it was going to be a good one because it's something different that we're not used to seeing in the other shows. Right. It's not only like fabulous, rich women, right. you know, they're bringing in more than that. And Alexia, just to wrap this up, that's I watched Salt Lake City this past week and I loved it. And it was so exciting to see a fresh franchise. And that's what I really believe because it's been so long with Miami. I really believe it coming back would be a fresh, exciting reboot. And so I, if there's anything I could do to make it happen, I, I just want I know. I want what can so we bad. do, Daddy? You're a, you're, a prof- gonna- you're a pro at this. What do you think that we I'm can trying. do? I'm trying. I'm trying. I talked I about it on Watch. Trying. I was on Watch What Happens Live. I was like, that's what I want. I told them, you know, on the show, I was like, no, this is all yes. I want is a Miami reboot. And yeah, you I- know, we have so many fans in New York. I mean, we have like this Miami, New York connection. So I want to say like our biggest fan base isn't even here in Miami. It's really in New York. And I love that. And I love all my New Yorkers for that because they really support the, the franchise and, and not only Miami, but I, f- I feel like they really um, support Bravo. So, I mean, there's nothing more we would love. I don't know what we could do. Maybe like you haven't asked that question. What do you think our fans, what are our fans think that we can do to like actually, you know, come back? I think if we just continue tweeting about it, I think you know, hashtag, I don't know. We got to think of a hashtag or something. Just hashtag yes. R-H-O-M, bring it back or right. something like that. We got to. Yeah, um, no, I'm sure you wouldn't be disappointed. Cause like I said, I think we, like you said, we obviously have the connection that I feel we didn't have throughout the other seasons. And I think that's a really important point um, that you need to have with the, the rest of the ladies. And you have to be able to tell each other, you know, F you and then make up and like, okay, like you're my friend. Cause I do it to my sister and to the people you love. Right. 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 So I feel like when you do have that connection, you have to be able to tell each other, stand up for each other, whatever it is you need to tell them. And then, you know, get over it or don't for maybe a season, but they come back and do yeah. it. <laughs> and, you know, I think we figured that out and we're at a good place. And um, I feel like, you know, Lisa has such a great story, you know, to tell and share and like just such a, you know, a beautiful life. And so do I. And so does Marisol. And I'm sure so does Adriana. I haven't been in touch with Leah, but, you know, Leah's great, too. And she always has, you know, something amazing and fabulous going on in her life. And, you know, and more girls. And I really think Miami is important for like the whole franchise. It's a great city. It's a great city to be in. Have you heard from Larsa? Isn't she in Miami again? Am I well? I kind of read that she was. Yeah. Yeah, Well, she was in LA for a while. I've run into her here. I love Larson. I think she would be great to come back. Yeah. She's um, got a lot of drama going on with the Kardashians right now. She's been in the news a lot lately. So let's get her. We can have an update with her, the whole crew. For sure. As a matter of fact, I was like thinking of of calling her, texting her because I I only have love for Larson. I've always gone along with her. And that's the thing, too. Like, you know, just three seasons sometimes isn't enough to like really know like where the connection is going to be and who you're going to like and how like how it's going to play out. Right. So, um, so yeah, we would love to have Larsa back. Alexia, tell people where they can find you. You mentioned your beauty bar. What was the name of it? Um, it's Alexia and Frankie's beauty bar. So whenever you're in Miami, stop by and say hi to Frankie and I. Yes, for sure. I will. I will. I yes. love Miami. And then, Oh, I know. And, and I love New York. I can't wait till, till things are better and we can go yeah. back and, and visit your beautiful city. Yeah. I'm so, in Los Angeles. Yeah. I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, you're in Los Angeles. Sorry. Yeah. I no, no. I was like, you're in <laughs> no. New York. No. I, a lot of Ooh, people do. You know what? I, I you love know, LA yeah. too. I love Los Angeles oh, too. I like, yeah. I, you know, I think um, I release my episodes usually on like East Coast time. So a lot of people think I'm in New York, but it doesn't matter. Um, oh, okay. Well, no, Alexi, well, though. We I love gonna, LA too. Can't wait to go to LA too. <laughs> right. I'm going to come visit when I'm in Miami next time. 
I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It was so lovely catching up with you. And I know fans are going to love hearing from you. So thank you for taking the time. Um, and thank you. Uh, are you no, you're on you social media? Me. This is the first podcast that, I'm, that I do. Oh, so I was you. super excited and nervous also, but I'm so happy that it was with you because like you're amazing. So oh, thank you. So yeah, thank you. Thank thank you. you. Well, it was my pleasure. Um, I want to encourage everyone to find me on social media. It's at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And Alexia, what is your uh, Instagram handle? Mine is... Um, Alexia E underscore says at Alexia E underscore says I have to do more posting and more social media. (laughs) You know, to me, that's always been, no, I know. And that's another thing I wanted to mention. Like when we had the show back then, you know, social media was just at the brink of it. It wasn't what it is today. So like, I feel like that we kind of like cut short with that because we weren't really able to, you know, promote our show and to do certain things you know, that we do today, you know, to kind of like make the show work, you know, as far as, you know, getting it out there for mm-hmm. the entire world to watch and support. So, yeah. So I'm sure if we would have that next season, it would be, you know, a lot different for us too. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to go call and beg the purveyors of pop people. Um, yes. I love them. We had really great producers. We, they're great. Yeah, they're in LA. So tell yeah, them yeah. Yeah, they come a lot to Miami. We keep in touch with them. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. So, and they do Married to Medicine, too. So we need to get um, Miami back on the air. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. This was truly a pleasure. Thank you, Alexia. Thank you. Thank you. Un beso. Bye. Bye.